Thanks for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Signs, and this is episode 80. Alright, hello and welcome Dearest Doula community. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is a birth and postpartum doula and the owner of Blessings, Births, and Beyond, currently serving clients in the South Florida area. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Amber Campbell. Welcome to the show, Amber. Hi, good morning. How are you? <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. So Amber, I've already given our listeners just a little bit of an introduction. Why don't you take a moment to tell us a little more about yourself? I am a mother of three. Um, I was in social work for 11 years, and this was um, kind of a gateway to me becoming a doula. I live in South Florida. Um, I'm married. My husband's from Jamaica. Most of his family is, is in Jamaica and Atlanta, and most of my family's on the West Coast. So my business is really my my fourth baby. <laughs> we don't really have a lot of family here, so I've I've kind of put all of my time and energy into um, what's not into my family, into my business. Um, and then, you know, just doing things with my kids. Um, I stay pretty busy. I mean, between the three of them and my husband, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty busy. So if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm so glad to get a little deeper into your story today, Amber. Um, but before we do that, something that I like to challenge all of my speakers to is to share the short and sweet of what it is they do. So Amber, let's say you're at a park and you've met a new mom who's, you know, could potentially be a client. And it it happens in the conversation that you mentioned you're a doula and she's never heard of that. How do you explain what a doula is or what a doula does to someone who's never heard of that in around 10 seconds or less? Well, a doula is a woman, I I usually would say woman, um, that provides um, emotional, it sounds very, uh, you know, can sound very um, um, cliche, but emotional, um, educational um, support to another woman who's pregnant and also during labor, pregnancy and postpartum. Um, And some of that, you know, it, it wavers. Some women need more of an advocacy role and some women you know, don't need that at all. So I, you know, I know there's some, um, you know, conflict out there about what the role consists of, but I feel my social worker aspect does come into play at times. You know, I never speak for the the mom, but I utilize that platform, you know, to strengthen the mom and encourage her and just be her support system while she's getting through this transition in her life. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm so glad we got to hear that from you. And something else that we really like to have on the show is to have all of our guests share their kind of, um, I like to call it their origin story. And it's really just taking us back to that moment in time where you realized that birth work was something you wanted to pursue. So if you wouldn't mind letting us in on what that aha moment was like for you, but then also especially um, making sure to touch on, you've already hinted that you were involved in social work perhaps um, right Mm -hmm. before becoming a birth worker. So if you wouldn't mind touching on what that transition was like going from social work into birth work, um, striking it out on your own, and if you had any particular challenges in making that transition, if you wouldn't mind also highlighting on how you and your family were able to work together to overcome that, I think that would be really valuable for our listeners. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I, I was a new mom for the third time again, and um, my job was not supporting me at all during my pregnancy. I you know, really didn't even share that I was pregnant until I was really, really obviously showing. And I knew as soon as I let them know, they the first thing they were going to ask me was, you know, what is your due date? Um, and it was because they would want to see how, how, you know, how long I'd be able to work and how soon I could come back to work. So I was I was in conflict with my field. I loved my field. I work with mental health and uh, dual diagnosis clients. Um, I returned back to work unwillingly, you know, and not um, not very supported at seven weeks really struggled with my son breastfeeding. I didn't really have a safe place to pump, you know, that was free from kind of intrusion of my other coworkers. They all had keys to my office and my, my, just my the staff I was working with didn't really support it. I had clients that would knock on my door. So I, you know, I was juggling, I was really juggling between motherhood and my profession, which I was, you know, I've been in my field for a very long time. I spearheaded the components, um, department of my agency that I was at, but I also was bringing home a lot of energy, you know, dealing with dual diagnosis. It's very heavy. You internal a lot and being a new mom again and you know just being in the realm of motherhood and meeting with other women and kind of seeing that women that were going through that conflict as well you know that they really you know it's it's great to have a profession and something that's fulfilling to you but also your role as a mother and not to you know the conflict of not wanting to leave your baby and compromising what you know you would rather be doing so um i ended up losing my job and it was the best thing <laughs> the best and the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life and in tandem i was attending a mommy me class and i was just you know struggling i'd leave there and i'd feel like okay i should be at work and then when i'm at work i'm you know i should be doing other things with my baby so i went one day to the mommy me class it was once a week and one of um one of the instructors she was actually leaving. She was going through her own transition. She was leaving the agency and she decided to begin a doula training. What she offered to us is she was beginning a community doula program. It was the first in our county. And she had offered the moms who were in the program um, the training. So that was how I became involved. I Economically, I could not afford to do a training. I just lost my job. I was facing eviction. I was, you know, going through a huge transition of, is this even what I want to do anymore? Um, and I had a six-month-old, you know, and a husband who was also had just lost his job. So the timing was unbelievably horrible. I mean, to start to just decide, okay, I'm going to start a new career. And my husband was, you know, very weary. Um, but he's seen how tenacious I am with everything I do in my life. And I've started other businesses before and it was, you know, they've been successful. And so he kind of just had faith that I knew what I was doing. And, um, he said, I'm here, you know, if this is what you want to do and you feel compelled and, you know, I guess why not, you know, I don't want to see you stressed out and unhappy anymore in, in this line of work that you're in. So I, I took a leap. I started the the program. Um, I had to believe it myself. You know, I, I didn't believe it myself, you know, until I took the leap of doing the training and seeing how invested I became and how passionate with each class that I became. This is what I need to do. This is absolutely what I need to do. And I need to make this my living. This cannot be a hobby. I never want to go back into social work again. This is what I need to do. Um, and so I, you know, I just connect. I, I really tried to connect. I took a business training that was, you know, really, really helpful for me. Um, I just, everywhere I went, I would talk about, you know, what I do. I would spread the word of what a doula is. And then I, of course, in my local community, other moms that were pregnant or my mommy groups or online, any forum that I had to really talk about, you know, well, you should 
you should get a doula or this is what a doula does, I would take that opportunity. So I'm very tenacious in that way, you know, um, but it was, you know, it was challenging. I mean, I remember my dad calling me one day and he was just so concerned and, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. And this doesn't sound like, you know, something you can make a living with and you have a college degree. And I, there was a lot of naysayers, you know, even within my community of birth workers, you know, a lot of people do it for free as a hobby. And it's great if they have the heart to do that, you know, but I, 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 I saw my training and I saw what this meant to a woman, the first birth I attended. And, um, I said, no, this absolutely, I need to, you know, I need to do this for my profession and I need to, you know, get paid for it. I need to be feel comfortable with what I'm charging. And that way the mother feels comfortable with, you know, the services that she's receiving. So I would say those were my two biggest challenges is that I didn't necessarily have the support, you know, of, um, besides my immediate family, that was challenging of people just believing like this is a tangible, you know, very lucrative, um, business, um, or a field, you know, line of work. And then number two, the fact of I'm not in the right place to just start a new business with zero capital, no business sense whatsoever. I didn't even have a working computer, no online presence, no social media, never had a website. I mean, I literally started from negative. Like, <laughs> had nothing put into it. <laughs> so, you know, but if you want something bad enough, if you're obsessed with something bad enough, you have to be in that state of desperation, you know, for it really to work and for you to really appreciate what you accomplish, you know? Oh, definitely. So. Amber, that's an incredible story. And, you know, you did hint at the beginning um, before you got into all that, you just said something to the effect of, if I can make this work, you can make this work. And you're, you're, your story really is a testimony to that. You came, like you just said, from a place where you yeah. had little to nothing to put into this business, except for your heart. Yes. But you did, yes. and you put that in completely. And like you said, thanks yep. to your tenacious spirit and your incredible drive, you've been able to build up your business into what it is today. And if that isn't inspiring to our listeners, I don't know what is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can imagine I they can keep listening to the rest of the show. So, Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, definitely time and purpose is, you know, an intent, just really setting your intention for something. I mean, I've never really believed in something so strongly until I became a doula. I mean, this was this was really, really what I was meant to, you know, to be and everything else along the way was preparing me for this role, because the minute I'm, I'm not even... I'm not even exaggerating from you. The minute that I have stepped into this role and I've stepped into this profession, it's been nothing but up, 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 up. I mean, the things that I've accomplished financially, the things that I've accomplished, you know, as a mother, as a business owner, being independent, the juggling I've been able to do, you know, um, it's phenomenal. And I just really believe, believe that, you know, really put your intent out there. It's, it, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it really, really can come true. And I just, sometimes I have to pinch myself. Like, I can't even believe that this is work. Like, this is my job. I can't even. <laughs> And believe that I, I get paid to do this. Like, this is my living. I'm, you know, paying my bills with this. I'm preparing my daughter for college in two years. I just bought a car a year ago. It's about to be paid off next month. You know, um, it's just, it's amazing, you know? So, right. um, yeah, those are my challenges, awesome. but let me tell you, it was worth it. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so yeah, we, we kind of already did tie in your origin story with your challenge. I'm wondering, um, before we move into the next segment, usually what we do is we have you share your origin story and it sounds like you already, you know, you were met with some major challenges there. Now, once you actually got into birth work, was there ever, um, one moment that really just stood out to you as maybe 
that that darkest moment as a birth worker like we know birth work isn't always sunshine and daisies and so something yes. we like to focus on here on the show is sharing the reality of what the the birth work can be like with our listeners to let them know that even when times are hard there is a way to get past that so if you wouldn't mind if you haven't already um just take us to that that time that you struggled the most as a birth worker, whether that was specifically in your role as a birth or postpartum doula, or maybe it was more on the business side of things, but take us to that that darkest moment and then how you were able to overcome that. And I think that'd be awesome. I I um, there's a definitely a specific moment, and then this also relates to my origin story, which um, was my daughter's birth 15 years ago. And I was, you know, I had everything planned. I was going to home birth and I read every book and I had an amazing wife and, you know, she was a very old school midwife, lived on a farm, did all of her visits at home. And sure enough, I was the one in the first, the first in seven years that happened to be the transfer. Um, so that, you know, I, I use that story as I constantly have to refer to that story, you know, in terms of my challenges. And when I'm, when I'm there and feeling like I didn't fail, you know, I, I know how that feeling is and I know what it must've felt like for that midwife and the assistants and everybody that was part of my team, you know, to transfer after, you know, two days of labor and just trying everything that she could. And I constantly remind myself of that scenario because I still, because I had an amazing team and because I was given that option and I wasn't feared into what could possibly happen. You know, I, I was able to, I felt the non-judgment, you know, the non-judgmental support from my midwife, you know, who had, had really transferred in years. And so I use that in in my, you know, kind of day to day when I, or when I'm attending birth or I'm with, you know, getting, going through a, a challenge with a mom postpartum and she's, you know, struggling and crying and her boobs are sore and her baby's crying or colicky. Um, but I have a specific scenario that happened um, a little bit over a year ago and I was actually contracted with a company and that was kind of how I, I started out, um, was, you know, doing my own thing. And then on top of that, you know, contracting with a couple, a couple other companies as well. And I was working with a company <clears throat> and I believe I just kind of compromised, um, you know, what I believe my worth was. And I just wanted the experience. I wanted the exposure. I knew that the, you know, company I was working with was, you know, had a great reputation. I was definitely going to be able to, you know, be able to meet with clients and, and you know, work. I mean, my, I really just wanted to work. And I had my, my first birth with that agency, I was hired uh, two weeks before the actual birth. So everything was done very quickly. Um, and this ended up being a really long birth for me. It was 27 hours. I didn't have any support. I didn't have a backup. And I was told I would have a backup. That was kind of a benefit of joining an agency. It was a holiday, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, 27 hours, my husband, my son, we're at home, you know, on, on Thanksgiving and it ended in a C-section. And that was my first um, that was my first, not only was it was the first birth that I had in an C-section, it was the first time as a doula that I realized I need to know my value. I need to go into something. And I, the feeling that I had was not just how the, the end of the birth was the result of the birth, because she was really happy with support and she was comfortable and she felt that she had, you know, all of the choices and she did everything that she wanted to along the way. Um, so in the aspect of, you know, her, the end of her birth, the outcome, it wasn't so hard. It was that what I put into it, what I put into the client, what I put into this work that I, I have, that's my heart, you know, that really is my heart. And what, 
what kind of support I received from, you know, what was supposed to be my team and who I was working with. And then financially, it was really rough. I mean, I had to buy meals at the hospital and the gas back and forth for prenatals and then missing a holiday and coming to my husband and saying, this is what I, you know, this was my paycheck that I got. That's not even going to cover barely the expenses if I had to, you know, hired a babysitter. So that's um, that moment, you know, that was, I would say that was my darkest moment as a doula is really not understanding my value. And, you know, from there, I'll tell you the light was that I sure, I sure, um, understood my value after that, <laughs> you know, and, um, having the family, you know, just be so grateful. And regardless of not receiving that support from a company, not only making a term determination to myself in a, in a, you know, really saying, if you're going to work for a company, know that you have full hundred support and you put your value there in the very beginning. You say, this is what I need to receive. You know, this is what I know goes into it. And so from that, I really put my full hundred into starting my own business. And so I think it was the major, major, you know, success. And it was a huge jump. It was terrifying, you know, to completely be disconnected from agencies that have been doing this forever and ever and ever. And then I know that there was going to be guaranteed work and guaranteed clients, but I did it. And I've never looked back, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing yeah. your story. It's a little unique from others in the sense that um, what it started off sounding like was that there was going to be this this issue of ego, which is something that, you know, a lot of doulas are faced with when we have a client who yes. has this unexpected outcome. Um, that's probably yes. one of the most common testimonies that we get here on the show is, you know, I worked yeah. so hard with this mother and it was so many hours <laughs> and then she ended up having all of these interventions or she had a C-section mm. and it was just really hard to detach my feelings of success from her outcome. And what I loved about your story was that it didn't end up going in that direction. It ended up just being no. about you finding and appreciating what your own measure of success and your own terms of value were in this story. Exactly. And so I think that's really great that you got to touch on that and share that with our audience because we are going to hit these points in our career, mm -hmm. some sooner than others, where yes. we do have to take stock of all of the um, the work and the heart that we put into mm -hmm. to our businesses and then whether or not we're giving ourselves enough in return, right? And where we're, um, we're taking value in ourselves. So I'm so glad to hear you touch on that. And I think our listeners are really going to love it. Um, our next segment kind of touches on the flip side of that. And that's where you share what I like to call a movie moment here on the show. But more simply put, this is just a time as a birth worker where you realize this is why I do what I do. I was meant to be right here, right now. If you could again take us back to that specific moment in time, we'd love to hear it. Oh my gosh. There's so many, like, seriously, this is like, <laughs> this is my life. Like, I feel like I'm constantly living that moment. There's, they're really, I mean, believe it or not, I haven't been a doula for 10 or 15 years, but that moment continues to happen. I'll touch on, I'll touch on three really pivotal because each one, each one was really, um, pillars of why I've, I know that I've been able to sustain my business. My first was, um, it was a teen mom. She was seven, uh, no, sorry, nine, uh, 19. I think she just turned 19, kicked out of her house. She didn't really have much support. Her mom had kicked her out. She was living with her boyfriend who wasn't, his family wasn't, you know, so supportive. And she, we had like literally three weeks to find her an OB and she wanted to do a water birth and a natural birth. And so that, that alone was a challenge. You know, we, we ended up working it out. I, um, had found her 
a, a really great doctor that I know is really, you know, supportive. He got her in right away. Anyway, she um, she went into labor. She labored for a good portion at home. We met each other at the hospital. We got in. She was <clears throat> she was at seven centimeters, which is, you know, for being a brand new birth worker, that's like pretty amazing, especially for a teenage mom, you know, that really hadn't had a lot of education, zero support. I mean, statistically speaking, she would have been, she was African-American, you know, statistically speaking, speaking, she was one of those moms that wouldn't have had this kind of outcome had she had not had this, you know, continuous non-judgmental support. And she went into the hospital and within like four hours, her baby was born vaginally natural, no meds as she wanted me, her, um, the boyfriend at the time was asleep. <laughs> the mother wasn't there. Any, nobody else was there. And, and then her midwife that she was basically meeting for the very first time. And it was then that I'm like, it does not, it does not matter, <laughs> you know, class, race, age, to see the outcome, to see that outcome of somebody that statistically, you know, speaking could have really had a poor, you know, poor outcome measure and to see her confidence and to, you know, just to have her, um, look at me and say, you know, I, I, there's no way I could have done this without you, you know? Of course she could have, I mean, it wasn't her, but it really just to have that reward, you know, and to have that, you know, just reinforcement, it was, I said, this is it. Like, this is exactly what I need to do, you know? And I had another, I had another experience that was very similar to that, um, uh, about a year later with a mom that was actually working with a practice that they don't work with doulas. And, um, she, you know, she told them, I'm going to have my doula. And they said, well, you can just, you know, when you come in, you can just say it's your cousin or whatever. And I was uncomfortable with that, you know, professionally, but she had ended up meeting with one of the doctors in her practice that he was, you know, more favorable. And he said, you know, just, you know, as long as she doesn't interfere and just, you know, really try to focus on you and did my thing. And the doctors were kind of coming in, checking on her. And after a while, they pretty much knew I wasn't her cousin. <laughs> so yeah, the doctor uh, came in and he said, oh, is this your cousin? And kind of winked. And he said, she's not your cousin, is she? And she said, no. And the doctor looked at me and um, he, you know, he kind of, he looked at me for kind of reassurance on the decision that he was making, which was you know, nothing that I'd ever seen, I'd ever heard of, you know, I went into this field thinking that it's a battle between, you know, doulas and doctors. And I, I really tried to, um, you know, I really tried to get that, that notion out of my head. And I said, I just want to go in as a team member, you know, working with the mother. And, um, and he looked at me and it was just like, it was a really like great moment where, you know, it was, you know, he wanted to make sure that, you know, I was almost like I was a as, as my client was. And I just felt really honored. I realized, to be honest, I mean, I felt honored, you know, this is a medical professional. He's never met me. He doesn't work with doulas. And I assume maybe he had had some, you know, bad experiences and we finished and he said, you know, um, thank you so much for your support. And I appreciate you not, you know, um, interfering. And he said, we've had doulas that are, have been in here and turned off the Pitocin or, you know, I've, I've had to, you know, make an emergency call and they're, the mom is getting anxious because they're feeling like they can't, you know, make a decision. It's just, it was a very interesting moment. You know, that was definitely an aha moment to have a provider, you know, not another doula, you know, not somebody, you know, in my field, but a provider look at me with, you know, kind of, you know, to feel reassured. And, um, he said, I would love to have your cards and, you know, I would love to give out your, and this, it, it was amazing. I mean, this was somebody that, you know, I went in with a very kind of even negative aspect of what his practice was if he didn't work with doulas. And then I got a really, you know, very clear understanding of why he felt how he did and what had led him to those decisions. And then it kind of changed for me. It was like, see, we're not all of us 
are the same. You know, if you've had these experiences, don't judge one whole profession by an experience. And so I think for him, it also showed him as well that, you know, just, you know, be open and take each, you know, individual as they are. So it was, I mean, for me, it was, it was like monumental in my field, you know? Oh, that's incredible. Hey, what was it that he was, was he about to perform something or was, um, what was it that inspired him to, to look up to you to check whether or not you felt just as comfortable as the mom did? Well, the mother was really, she was very, very, very swollen. When she, um, when her water broke, she was overdue. He had given her like 41, I think not given her, but he, you know, she had one like 41 plus two, I think. And traditionally they, you know, 40 to even go to 42 weeks in South Florida is, is very rare. Um, but he was really trying to give her a chance to labor on her own. And sure enough, she, her water broke on her own. So she came in and I mean, immediately was, was having a pressure. She was at eight centimeters already and she'd been, um, you know, sitting upright. So she had a a huge, I mean, it, it was bulging like her, her, you know, her, her vulva and down there was really, 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 really swollen. And she did not want an episiotomy and it was on her birth plan. And, um, at this point, I mean, she'd been pushing, you know, for a while and that I'd never seen this type of swelling ever. And, you know, all of the births that I had done and he suggested to her and he said, I just, you know, I'm really afraid that if you tear this, this could be a, you know, a third degree tear, but I'm respecting, you know, I'm just respecting decisions. I'm respecting your, and he kind of just showed me, you know, to, to, to show me how swollen it was. And I was like, really like, wow, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said, I, you know, I'm going to give you a small, you know, a small cut. And, um, it was just, you know, he just, he just was kind of like showing me to say, look at this. This is not like a typical, I'm just, you know, kind of as standard practice cutting. I mean, it was really, really severe, you know, and she Mm -hmm. looked at me and she looked at him and, you know, we kind of, it was just at that moment that we were kind of all, you know, all in agreement without having to really say yes or no, because it's, you know, it's not my job. It is out of scope, but it just the respect of him to look at me as another, you know, as her support system and as a professional, really, that's what I, I saw in the, in the whole scenario is that he really looked at me as a professional, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, for kind of my, my reassurance. And, um, it was just really nice. It was a nice moment, you know, and then for him to ask me for my cards when, you know, originally my client was told that they don't really work with doulas, that was huge. I mean, that right. was a major, major turning point for me professionally <laughs> that I knew <laughs> that this is beyond just, you know, it, it really is, you know, a, a business and, and really putting your best foot forward and being professional in, in all aspects of, you know, whatever birth is and what comes along with that. Awesome. And then you yeah. said you also had a third story you wanted to share? And the third one, yes, it, it was actually a friend of mine, um, a close friend of mine. We had, um, but I was, you know, she hired me as her, as her birth doula. Um, it was my first opportunity to be in the C-section room as a second support system, which is usually totally against um, hospital pa- policy. It's kind of, um, they play it case by case, but I, I just believe that me again, making that initiation and and meeting her doctor ahead of time and going to a prenatal with her and having that open dialogue and him seeing, you know, when he would come in, when she would come in for her appointments, how, you know, comfortable she was and how less anxious she was when he knew that a lot of the questions that she would have, she would come to me instead of calling him all the time. Um, you know, just is this, is this feeling normal? And, um, you know, I'm itching. I mean, things that, you know, things that you call the doula for that you're not going to necessarily feel you can, you know, call the doctor for, but you need an answer right away. (laughs) Like the doula is the person you're going to usually call, you know? Um, and so I, I, she asked me, she had very high anxiety. She, 
you know, she'd been calling her doctor a lot during the week. She'd been calling me and she said, you know, I, I really, really, really need you in that room. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to be there, but I cannot, you know, I can't change a hospital policy. It completely depends on the doctor and the anesthesiologist and whoever makes those, you know, decisions. And, um, I got there as early as I could, you know, the morning for her prep for her surgery and the anesthesiologist came in. I had, you know, some music, you know, meditation music. The anesthesiologist just came in and she said, listen, um, if you can stay like that, I will let her go in, meaning me. And I looked at her like, oh my gosh, she goes, I need you to suit up, you know, and she gave me all of the instructions and she's, and it, it was just isn't really happening. This is so surreal, you know, for me, it was, it was, you know, and, and to show that, you know, that was a third, um, you know, a very important, I guess, like pinnacle of, you know, my, my career is it doesn't matter if it's a home birth. It doesn't matter if it's a hospital, you know, natural birth. It doesn't matter if it's a scheduled C-section in this scenario, you know, my, my client was having a scheduled C-section. She's high risk and she has very high anxiety. Um, and it was it, my, I felt that my role is just as important in each scenario, no matter what the birth is, no matter what the decisions of the mom are. And for the anesthesiologist to, you know, give me that, you know, that space for the mom and to, for her to, you know, respect her decision of, of showing that this support is really important to her. It was just, I mean, it was unreal, you know, because it, even the doctor had told me in all of the years he'd worked at the hospital, he'd never seen a doula allowed in the surgery room. So it's just, you know, space and time and the stars aligned and, you know, <laughs> my, my just, you know, whatever, you know, however you want to look at it, but it's, it's been like that constantly, you know, since I've, I become a doula and it's, it's just amazing, you know? Oh, I love that. So, Thank you so much. You shared yeah. with us not just one, but three really powerful stories. And like you said, yeah. they each have their unique, um, points <laughs> to offer and to share with us. So I'm so Definitely. glad that our listeners got to enjoy on, on those. And so before we get into the nitty gritty, we're just going to pause for a moment to get a word in from okay. our sponsors. Great. So, Gentle Birth is celebrating 10 years of innovation in childbirth education. The Gentle Birth Institute trains childbirth educators to provide evidence-based, interactive brain training for birth classes. Instructors provide parents with solid childbirth education, as well as mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis, and sports psychology. For more information on the Gentle Birth Institute's online interactive training, visit www.gentlebirth.com or download the app from the App Store or Google Play. And again, that was gentlebirth.com. All right, Amber, so we're back and we're getting into what I like to call the nitty gritty here on the show, <laughs> where we just get to know you a little bit deeper. Um, okay. So Amber, what would you say is your biggest strength as a birth worker? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I pondered on that. <laughs> um, I would say again, my tenacity, like no, is not, an, not an option. This, you know, just the belief in that this was really truly what I was meant to do. And that each obstacle has really come in my way to prepare me, you know, to be a better doula, a better professional, a better businesswoman, mom, a better wife, um, you know, learn how to balance my life and, and be successful in what I'm doing. Um, in all facets of my life. And then, you know, just um, the connection that I have, you know, my community as a mom, you know, as a, as, as a breastfeeding mom, as a mom that has struggled and, and had to wean a baby early and done formula as a mom that's, you know, had 
had passed abuse back and forth to a baby, you know, to my baby. And, you know, a, a mom that's dealt with mental health issues, you know, with my clients, I, I feel that my connectivity to my community, you know, and me as a woman, as a mother is, is really significant because of, you know, not only my social work background, but mental health and understanding what moms go through and juggling, you know, profession and being a new mom again, and these feelings of, you know, that aren't always so, so favorable when you become a mom, um, even if you're, you know, a successful birth worker. So I, I really believe, you know, being connected to my, my community, you know, friends that have children, other moms, other birth workers. I have a lot of friends that are midwives, doulas, friends that are doulas. I think that's a huge strength. I mean, that was what really, really motivated me to really, you know, take this seriously um, and just jump into the training that I was in the right place and right time in terms of my community and going to mommy and me classes and, you know, being kind of people always asking me for questions. And those are probably two, two of my major strengths and, you know, the tenacity of just no is not an option. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. And then on the flip side, what would you say is your biggest weakness as a birth worker? Um, in internalization. Um, you know, I read and I admire women that are, you know, can be disconnected. I don't see that happening with me. I, I don't see that happening in my lifetime of, of any job that I do. And the reason I, I, you know, one of the reasons I was drawn to this is because I, it, it is very fulfilling. I mean, that's why I would hope most people would choose a profession is the fulfillment. You know, you're not doing it just because of, you know, financial gain or because it works in your schedule, but really because you feel very fulfilled. Your cup is very full when you're doing this type of work. Um, so the flip side of that is that, you know, you internalize, you know, when a mom has, you know, things have veered a different direction or things have, you know, you've had fetal demise or you've had something that's completely out of your, you know, out of your control, out of their control. I commend those that are able to separate themselves from, you know, their work to a certain aspect, but this is what drives my business, you know, is, is my heart, my love, my passion. Um, and in the same way, it's, it, it can be very, you know, it can be, it can be very difficult too when you leave a birth or you leave a mom that's, you know, been up all night crying and having a hard time with, you know, just juggling everything and reaching out to you. And um, so you internalize, you definitely internalize. And it's very hard to separate yourself from your line of work at times. You know, you think about the mom, you think about the family, what they're going through. You think about, you know, the baby or the loss. And I, I can't turn off just because I go home, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so not to the capacity of social work, because it was, you know, many years I was working with the same clients. But it definitely, I definitely internalize and it, and it can affect, you know, and it, it affects me at, at times. Hmm. What is one internet resource that you swear by? Um, mothersadvocate.org. What is one item other than yourself that you consider your must have as a doula? Um, I like if called right now <laughs> to a birth and I had nothing with me. Um, I would say my phone, honestly, my phone, um, because it, it, encompasses so many things. There's different meditations I have on there. I have, you know, contraction counter on there. I take notes with everything on there. Um, I, I try not to look at it. I use it. I definitely use it as a tool, especially for postpartum. If I have say white noise, if the baby's having a hard time sleeping, um, you know, the, I have the labor progress handbook on my phone. So I would say my phone, <laughs> believe it or not. Okay. Awesome. No problem. Okay, so this one's a big one, but I think it's good. Let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Your food and shelter are taken care of and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? 
I would hire a social media <laughs> consult. <laughs> I would have a social media. I would pay for a social media consult because I absolutely despise. Um, I absolutely despise any, anything with computer. <laughs> so I do for my website and help me with my blogs and schedule my polls for Instagram, Facebook, any of that stuff. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that might that might that might take care of it um and then you know everything else i would say would would probably cost more money <laughs> so yeah. that would be my that's the only thing that i i think that's the only thing that i feel that i can't do myself right now and that's that's been a big really huge challenge for me, um as a doula in my business and it's absolutely necessary in this day and age you know if not mandatory awesome <laughs> um if you wouldn't mind closing with just a parting piece of guidance and the best way for us to connect with you then we'll go ahead and wrap up so you can always um, come check me out on Facebook um, at facebook.com slash blessings, birth and beyond. Please feel free to like, share, comment. Um, there's lots of fun information. And also my website is www.blessingsbirthsbeyond.com. And I'm also on Instagram. So that's been that's been a nice forum. I'm having fun with that. And I hope to see you someday. Hopefully having a baby. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. So um, what I advise to new birth workers is take every opportunity you have to really share um, about what you do and, you know, what this what this field can do for, for moms and birth workers, you know, and just the community in general. So much of the challenge, you know, in this field is people not knowing we exist. So, and, you know, in, in line at Target, you know, at the doctor's office, other moms on the playground, just really, really, really every chance you get, do not be afraid to talk about what you do and be proud of it and, and educate. And don't let anybody tell you no, because you can absolutely do this and make a living and be happy and balance your life and have all of everything that encompasses, you know, being a birth worker. Oh, that was a beautiful message. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming on the show <laughs> today, you. Amber. Um, the, dearest, you, sure, the Dearest <laughs> Doula community will be able to find links to everything of value you mentioned on today's show by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking the podcast button, and finding your name in the archives, or by simply entering Amber, that's A-M-B-E-R, in the search bar to have this show notes page pop right up. So thanks to your interview, we are all one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered, and we really, truly appreciate Appreciate you, Amber. So you have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye bye. -bye.